Welcome to the 150K Podcast, where we help take your dreams to six figures and beyond. Have you ever had a dream of being successful, living a life you love? If so, this podcast is for you. From practical applications to tools to help you level up, I am going to open up my network of success so that you can achieve your life by design. So sit back, grab your pen, and get ready to level up. Welcome back to the 150K Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Graham, where we help take your dreams to six figures and beyond. Today, I have with me Jesse Cruz, who's a storytelling coach. He's also an author, public speaker, CEO. He's done a lot of different stuff. Um, I met him through a mutual connection, George Bryant, and we have some other people that we're friends with. But Jesse, for people that don't know you well, and I don't really know you well yet, tell us a little bit about your background, what you do, and what is a storytelling coach? Because I haven't heard that before. I've heard like a lot of different coaches, but what's a storytelling coach? Well, first and foremost, thank you, Joe, for having me on. Now, storytelling coach, what I love to do is to empower people to have the opportunity, the confidence and structure to share their story to gain a new sense of freedom and empowerment and confidence. And so I provide strategies for people to come together, talk about what they've gone through, what they've experienced, and then taking their story and leveraging it to find a way to connect with their ideal audience. Nice. No, I like that. Because I think a lot of times people think, well, my story is just my story. I've been through it. You know, everyone's dealt with this. But like even in my sales career and with doing sales training and stuff, stuff that might seem simple to me might not be simple to other people that you're trying to, you know, relate to and all. So say someone comes and says, hey, Jesse, I want to learn about how to tell my story. Where would they start at? How would you start them off? Mm -hmm. Well, first, I think what's important is to, to know their why. You know, why do you want? to do this. I think you should always start with the why pretty much with anything in life, like why, you know? So for me, it's always, it's getting into the person, like the, the messenger before the message and you know, what's going on, what is their motive? What is their intention? What are their desires? What are their fears? Really get into the psyche of the person who wants to share their story. And I think that's the first step with building a, a good relationship to understand what they're trying to convey and who they're trying to impact. So for me, it's always starting with those questions first. No, I like that. So let's, let's play the game with me since, you know, we're just talking what we're, we're going to build my story. Let's see how this works. So I started the podcast and we're talking about my podcast. So I started the podcast because I'm a dad. I finally started making over hundred K then I made over 150, then I made over 200, but I was able to, once I hit that hundred K mark, be able to take my kids to Disney to, do the fun things like take the family to Hawaii and all. But after that point, I'm like, but well, what do I want to do now? And that's where the idea of the 150K podcast came, giving dads, I mean, moms too, but like, I just, my avatar in my head is dad, you know, the ability to take their kids, do fun, awesome things and, you know, experience life, whatever that is for them. So that's kind of what's the idea of it. So that would be my why. How would I build a story around that for a podcast? So I would follow up with another why. You shared me. So why is that important to you? For me, it's important because back before I was hitting that mark, and I've been in sales for 15 years, I was not able to take my kids on trips. I was, there was times where I was working two jobs on food stamps, going through the whole learning the process, becoming a better salesperson. And I wasn't able to do the things that I wanted to supply for my kids and for my wife and family. So once I figured that out, that's like, that's my big why. I want people to have fun and enjoy life, not be where I was back, you know, years ago. Mm -hmm. And then I would follow that up again with another eye. Like, why does that matter? Like, ultimately, why does that matter? 
for me, I think it's just because I grew up in the country. I grew up kind of poor. My parents, as I got older, got, you know, more wealthy, learned things and, and leveled up. And I've always just wanted to experience life. I wanted to make it better for my kids, for my wife, for me. I wanted to go and travel the world and do things that were, you know, fun and exciting and impactful. And I found sales as the avenue for me to do that. So I want to help people find it, whether it's through sales or business or marketing or whatever it is, their skill set, because not everyone's a salesperson. But I mean, that's the biggest thing. You know, I've been poor and I've been rich. Rich is better. What rich, no, really, honestly, rich, because if you look at it, if you think about it, if you make over 100K a year, you're in the top 30% of the world. So I'm going to say if you're over 100K, you fall into that category. Mm -hmm. Now, wisdom that could be a light guiding path to what your story could be about. And so through all the things you just shared, there's either going to be one, it's going to be a moment of transition. So think of a moment of transition in your life or two, it could be a big challenge that you went through. Or the third thing would be what I call the comeback story a life-changing, defining moment that happened that was for good or for bad, you'll never forget. Now it's picking out one out of those three. And once you're able to discover which one, I usually tell people go right for the comeback story. Mm -hmm. Like the life-defining moment that changed the whole direction of your life. That is where your best story is going to reside. So the moments where your life changed dramatically that's where you want to start. That's a very good indicator of what story you should be communicating to your audience. No, I like that. Because I thinking back, it's funny when you said that story always, I think, in anyone listening's mind will pop in. Like I think six years ago in my sales career, I had done really, really good. I was selling. I was doing great. The industry I was in went for a turn. So I switched jobs to a different role and ended up going from making money, doing good to working, like I said, the two jobs, being on food stamps and almost having a nervous breakdown to now I work for a billion dollar company and I do sales and I win all the awards and stuff. But that moment for me was going from not having hope to, well, wait a minute, I'm going to take another risk and do some door knocking to get into a company so I could get to the position I'm in now and taking those risks and building over the last six years to the point I went from, like I said, barely making it to now I'm, you know, making over 200,000 a year. And I'm not using, I'm just using these numbers to show people the practical application of it. Not look at me, I made 200,000, you know, whatever works for you, whatever your life by design, you know, it could be a hundred thousand, it could be 80,000 as long as you get to do what you want to do. Definitely, for sure. But th so the power of storytelling, let's dig into this a little bit more because like I always joke about this. I um, like to write. I like history, stuff like that. And I would probably back in the day would be the old dude by the fire telling stories. That's kind of my thing. So when we're telling our story, are there key elements we're supposed to do? I know we've been kind of walking through it a little bit, but are there, I know there's different ways. What, what do you think are the best ways to express your story online or through a book or Public speaking, what, what, what's the best avenue or is there different ways to do that? Yeah, I mean, so every speaker has their own approach. And I believe in the importance of right from the beginning, grabbing your audience's attention using a powerful hook. And there's a few different ways people can use a powerful hook when they're speaking their story. 
Uh, they can use what's called, uh, they can use like something simple as a statistic. I would encourage if you are going to use the statistic approach, use a staggering statistic that makes people go, wow, like gets them like, you know, a staggering statistic that makes people just like surprised or shocked. Uh, that's a good way to get people's attention. You can also share a quote, a very inspirational quote with your own unique approach to that quote. You can then also roll right into your story, which I, I like that one a lot is if you have a story to share, you just start right into the story right from the beginning. Or you can do what's called the universal question. A universal question is where you, you ask a question basically what you truly believe that 100% of the room can relate to. And so what that does, that builds common ground and connects with your audience immediately. Those are a few different approaches that you can use right from the beginning of your speech to gain credibility and connection with the people listening. No, I like that. So what's your story? Because like you're, you're a um, storyteller coach, but you I'm assuming you haven't always been a storyteller coach. What got you into doing this role now or helping people with their stories? Mm, absolutely. So years ago, I was in the military and I was in Iraq. And at the time I picked up the phone because it was time to go home. I was there for about a year. I had a child who was just born right before I left. My daughter was born. And about two days later, I jumped on a plane. I was gone in Iraq for a year. My wife and I had gone, we'd gone through some hard times. And I picked up the phone and I said, look, I know we've, we've had some challenges. Let's work this out. Mm -hmm. Let's, let's be a family again. I'm going to come back. We're going to fix this. I've been gone a long time. And so I jumped on the plane and all my friends were all excited because we're going to the welcome field at Fort Hood, Texas. Mm -hmm. And right there, we get to that field and we unload the bus and go embrace our families and our kids and wives and all these things. And I get off the bus and I walk out to the field and she never showed. Ah, and she left me there alone by myself with not one person in my whole life showed up for me that day. And, you know, I look back at those moments and I think about how many other people in this world had had people who said they would show up who didn't mm -hmm. or people who they thought they could love and trust and support and be there for just didn't show up and do what they said they would do. And, you know, it's been my mission through people sharing their stories is to provide a platform and a safe space for people to heal, connect and grow to talk about what wounded them, but then turning those wounds into their wins and not let that hold them back. And so that, what I love to do is to help people craft a story in a way that connects with the ideal audience, but also first and foremost heals the person sharing the story and then helps other people heal from listening. And so it's, it's, it's such an impactful thing because I believe your story really isn't even for you. It's for other people. Yeah, no, that's good. And that's hard for a lot of people because, you know, some people's stories maybe aren't as tough, but like I know a lot of people, especially in the entrepreneurial space, and a lot of them have trauma upon trauma upon trauma. So how do you get them comfortable with getting that story out? Because, you know, like I look back in my past and there's certain things I'll talk about and then there's other stuff like, ah, no, I'm not going there. But like you said, that might be the spot I need to go to to be impact the most people. I've seen, I've been fortunate enough to the people that I've coached or have been in our events and spoke, they have a new sense of freedom because what's happened is I've developed that relationship with them where I'm vulnerable and I'm transparent with traumatic things that I've gone through in my life. And what that does, it gives people permission, first and foremost, to let them know I'm a human being just like anybody else have experienced pain and setbacks. And, and it gives them the freedom to know that they can do it too. And mm -hmm. so for me, much of my leadership is built upon around the idea of vulnerability. And I think that's one of the greatest ways to build connections with people. I think it builds deep 
meaningful relationships with people. And that's what I love to do. So, you know, people ask me questions about things that I've gone through. I never really hold back on anything. And so I just share openly. And what it does is like other people are like, okay, this is a safe space for me to share. Yeah, no, that's key. That's definitely key because if people don't feel seen, heard, and I use the word felt sometimes, you know, they're not going to open up and, and move forward. So yeah, that's crazy. And so you've overcome a lot with that. Cause like, I know a lot of people, if they got home from overseas and no one was there, that would just devastate them. And I'm sure it affected you a lot. How did you work through that process? I mean, at the time I didn't, I mean, at that time in my life, I didn't have the supports in my life to work to it. You know, me and her ended up getting a divorce didn't work out. Uh, we separated one else ways. I'm, you know, I've been remarried since I'm a happily married man for many years now. Um, but it's for me, it's when I look back on who Jesse was back then, you know, Jesse dealt with it through a lot of toxic things. And I, you know, I got into the party scene. I was, you know, in the, in the bars all the time. And that was my way of coping, you know, so my way of coping with it was to almost hide it you know, you know, mask it with other things that I thought could fulfill me yeah. and none of them ever fulfilled me. And so I think a lot of times people will have some certain things happen in their life and they try to use bad coping mechanisms to get through it because they're not really fully ready to face it or embrace it. You know, for me, I truly believe in forgiveness. I don't hold anything against her for that moment. I don't. And so for me, I, I, it's actually one of the best things that's happened to me. And I've been able to use it as a way to help bless and encourage other people who've gone through something similar. Yeah. And you can tell the difference there because you're now at the point, I'm sure when it happened, you weren't thinking it was blessing you or helping you at all. But now that you can look back and see the progression, you know, you, you've come a long way. So how did you get out of the party scene, the, um, using stuff like whatever you were doing, like a lot of people do alcohol or drugs or sex or whatever. How did you get refocused and recentered? So there's a couple of things at the time, you know, I was, I decided I was going to stay in the military longer. Um, but what the thing, the turning point for me was, is I had a daughter at home waiting for me. And, you know, I was gone in Iraq for a year, so she didn't really get to know me that well. I was gone and, you know, as a promise to myself, I was always going to be involved father. I knew that was just something that was within me. You know, I love my kids. It's my life, you know, and I wanted to be there. So I got out the military to be an involved father. And then her mother went to prison for several years. So I went from dad not even being around to single dad in a very short amount of time. Wow. So I became single dad and I knew I had to start making some different life choices if I wanted to be the great father that she deserved, you know, so having my daughter looking at me and watching everything I was doing was a big wake up call. I feel like I matured several years ahead of my time very quickly. I had to grow up very fast as a single parent. And then obviously, you know, I had good family and friends and my faith. Those are all things that got me through. No, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, kids will definitely do that to you. Like I have three and I know once we started having kids, I'm like, oh crap, I can't do these other things. Cause you know, like you said, you're responsible for a life. Um, so you got your daughter and we're just like kind of walking through your story and all. How did you go from being the single dad, getting your life right, having the support system around you into the actual coaching aspect? Cause I'm assuming you went from the military and you started doing some other stuff. How did you get into the actual coaching arena? What got me into it was another comeback moment in my life is my wife and I, you know, we have a blended family. You know, when I met her, she was a single mom. I was a single dad, um, both from tragedies, brought our family together. 
and we wanted to have a child together as well. And so we had a child who was born and when she was born, she was premature and she was literally one pound could fit in the palm of my hand. She was four months early and in the hospital every single moment. We never knew what would happen second by second. And then 42 days of her fighting for her life, she passed away. I'm sorry. And it is because of her. Thank you. It's because of her. This little one pound girl that no one's ever met has been able to change my life. You know, and if this little one pound girl can do it, just imagine what we could all do to make an impact and difference in the world with other people. And I remember feeling the sense of intense pain that I was like, no one will ever understand me. No one will ever get this kind of pain and this trauma that I'm going through. And this event is, is, is life-changing forever. And I just will never be the same. And I knew I needed to heal. And what helped me to heal was writing. So every single day I would write. And that eventually turned into a book. And then the book came out. And then that turned into people wanting to hear me speak. So I became a speaker and then the speaking turned into Jesse. Uh, we love hearing your story. Can you, can you coach me on to share mine? So, you know, that led into the storytelling coaching is where people want to, sh- they want to be seen, heard and, and felt, you know, just like you said, and it's providing the best way to be heard is through your story and your story is one of the most empowering things you can do. It provides a new sense of confidence and, and freedom. And I want people to feel free. I want them to be seen, heard, and, and felt, and to know that they're not alone. And that happens every time you share your story. I believe people heal and grow a little bit more. No, I love that. And first and foremost, thank you for sharing that. Because I know that was near and dear. I've seen it on your face. I, I like, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, no, it's funny how things do happen for us. Not that we want to go through that type of thing by any means, but it led you to writing the book, which was therapeutic for you, which led you to speaking on stage, which led you to coaching. Um, how long ago, how long, how long have you been a coach for now? So I actually started coaching during the pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. All these things we started during the pandemic, yes. other than the book that came out, that came out prior. Mm-hmm. And then actually, so I have some, so, so we do one other thing is, is a really big component that I didn't touch on. Um, is that we host live events, right? And mm-hmm. so we do these live events and then people always ask me, when did you start doing these live events? I see pictures online, I see videos, it looks great. And I said, well, I actually picked the worst time in human history um, to do live <laughs> events during the pandemic and getting nice. all these people in the same room at the same time. But you yep. know what? Yep. Every event is, is reached the number that we set out to reach, every single one of them. And they were all during pandemics. So now you know, we're excited to start having events not during the pandemic, which is also yeah. very exciting. No, that's great. I love it. Like, it's funny because like I started my podcast during the pandemic. I didn't realize like at the end of it because it was last year, June, but you know, you just you go and you, you become more adaptable when things change because the world's always going to change. Stuff is going to change. So we're not done, but I always like to put this in the middle. Where can people find you? People saying, hey, you know, I want to work with Jesse or I want to get your book or I want to go to one of the events. And the best way really is social media. That's the best way to connect with me. I'm active on there consistently, you know, so Jesse Cruz on Facebook or Jesse Cruz speaks on Instagram and I'm Jesse Cruz on LinkedIn as well. Those are all the best ways. Or even if someone wanted to email me, it's author Jesse Cruz at gmail.com. Uh, those are all different ways to connect with me directly. Social media usually works best and uh, definitely appreciate your time to connect with me and to just to get to know you a little bit more and put me on your platform. It's, it's, a, it's an honor to be here with you. So I appreciate you, Joe. Yeah, and I appreciate you being on here. Let's talk a little bit more about storytelling and 
what you do at the event. So at the events, is this an event on storytelling or customer journey or what, what do you guys do at the events? Well, how are they set up? Yep. So I'll, I'll use our most recent event as an example. So our last one was a speaker competition in Niagara Falls, New York. So uh, we had over 20 speakers from all over the country come out and, you know, we had judges set up and, you know, we had some teaching and then we had them speaking and we brought in other speakers to deliver value and messages for people to share on day one or sharing their personal story. And then day two, their professional story, things that they do professionally to serve the world in a greater way. So that's what we did over the course of two days. And it was a lot of healing, a lot of, I mean, it really just felt like family. I mean, I've been to a lot of events and I was able to see something really special because people were able to heal much faster because everybody in the room was there to receive them and accept them through their healing process. And they were all doing it together. No, so that really that. just established a sense of trust very, very quickly. Um, I haven't seen trust really established that fast in the event. I don't think in my entire life, just because the environment that was set up and how personal these stories were, it just, it just created a domino effect. Everyone's like, all right, I'm just going to be open and honest with what I've gone through. And this is what I'm doing now to get through it. You know? So it, it was very special moment for us to, to be a part of it. and be in the room with those people. It was just amazing. So these were all new speakers for the most part then it sounds like if it's a competition, I'm assuming they're like just starting out or had some of them been speaking for a while. So there's a variety. So we, so we had some people who've never spoken day in their life on a stage mm -hmm. and we have some people speaking for several years and some people in the middle. So we had quite a variety of, of different level of speakers. No, that's good because then that way you had the people that were used to speaking so they could get the room and get it comfortable. Then you had people that maybe were nervous in the beginning, um, be able to, you know, share their voice and all that's cool. No, I like that. So who won? You said there was a competition. So that's going to make me think I'm a sales guy. I'm going to think that. <laughs> You're going to tell me all of them won. I know, but you said it was a competition. So, yeah, yeah. So, the winner, his name was Sam. He was out of Virginia. He was the one that ultimately won the whole thing. So, it was great. He, he did tremendous, which all the speakers really did amazing. The really cool thing that I saw was that because we had judges and we provide evaluation in real time. So, when the speaker is done speaking, they're going to get feedback right immediately mm -hmm. um, verbally to know all the things that they did well and areas that they can improve on. And we, we looked at all our score sheets from day one to day two. Every single speaker who took the stage got better on day two. So it was, it was really cool to see tangible progress and growth in one day. Seeing that many speakers improve in one day was tremendous. Yeah, no, I like that. I like that concept. I never thought of it because I've been to events. I'm going to an event in a couple of weeks. Um, and I've never had like a speaker competition type of event or like where you have that whole variety and then them getting the feedback. That's super practical because a lot of people maybe have a story or want to do it, but they've never had either the opportunity or they never have set a time aside to be able to do it. So I commend you for that. That's pretty cool. I like that. What other things have Thank we missed? You. So you're a CEO of your company. You're a storyteller. You do events. You have a book. Is there anything else that we're missing in the Jesse Cruz story and how you help empower people to share their story? I mean, that, those are the main things, you know, it's, it's through speaking, it's through writing, it's through coaching, it's through our masterminds or online courses. All those things are different strategies that we have to, we just want to make sure that people can be heard and they can be heard effectively because everyone has a story to share. Just do they have the courage to share it? And so that's what we love to do. Now that's perfect. 
And before I let you go, are there any other words of wisdom, any other insights you want to share with the audience that maybe we haven't touched base on yet? Yeah, I would say that no matter what you've gone through, it cannot ever disqualify you. And the thing that you're hiding the most is the thing that will prepare you to become your best. So I always encourage people, you're never too far gone to go to the next level. And it's the things that we feel most shame and pain about are typically the things that are meant to prepare us to impact the most amount of people. I love that, Jeffy. Thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate you, my friend. Oh, thank you. And for all of you listening, share this episode. Let people know. You might know people that want to get on a stage. Reach out to Jesse. He has an open stage that people can go and do competitions and stuff with. Are you, wait, let me make sure. Are you doing that again? Or is that a one-time thing? The competition oh, no. thing? We will do it again. Absolutely. We'll do it again. Cool. So reach out because I know there's a lot of people that listen to this. A lot of people on my show or listener are like first-time entrepreneurs, sales professionals, people just starting out. So this would be a good uh, way for you guys to connect, to grow, and to get real-time feedback. Like I said, share this episode, like, comment, reach out to us. Have an awesome, amazing day. And until next time, share your story because it matters. Thank you for listening to the 150K Podcast. Remember, your dreams become reality when you take action on them. Feel free to reach out with any questions on Instagram at 150K Podcast. And until next time, keep pushing. You're worth it.